0: Welcome to Six One Six Politics, Episode Three, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo.
1: Maybe it's an Ohio thing, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. There's not too many. We kinda, we kind of live in a, a sort of affluent area. Not that I'm affluent, but um, <laughs> I think this is probably one of the wealthiest parts of Louisiana. Um, and we're kind of just stuck here, you know.
1: <laughs> now where how close are you to like um, like a big city?
0: Um, New Orleans is right across the lake from us, so it's New Orleans and then you cross the causeway over Lake Pontchartrain. And then it's us, probably maybe eight miles from the from the lake. Oh, okay. So uh, the bridge, uh, the Causeway Bridge over the lake is 24 miles. So I guess in total we're about 35 miles from New Orleans. That was
1: pretty cool, man. Yeah. I wasn't sure. if I think there are only like two big cities in Louisiana. <laughs> maybe you must be close to one of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, we got you
0: got Shreveport, Baton Rouge, Boger City, Lafayette, Sort of. That's not really that big. Anyway, why are we talking about Louisiana? Goodness. <laughs> I don't know how we got to that. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know. I don't know. It's like a random ADHD conversation we've got going on.
0: I'm all about that. You know, you know on the weekends, you just need a time to relax, talk to friends somewhat your age, not two, four, <laughs> six months. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been up to? What do you do this
1: past two weeks? Gosh, yeah, I guess it has been a little while. Oh, man, just still back in the grind, you know, working every day. And Jennifer had the youth group over, the youth group girls over for Hannah Montana night yesterday.
0: I heard about that. How did that go?
1: Yeah, well, I walked, I was, I was banished from the home. I wasn't allowed to be anywhere uh, within 20 miles. (laughs) I left and I came home. They were dancing. They were all dancing. (laughs) There's, um... I guess there's a line dancing part of the movie, and the girls all thought it was cool, so they kept playing it over and trying to learn the line dance. What so.
0: I I will never understand, women. I, I don't understand how that. How...
1: <laughs> Jackie
0: always tells me she's like, when I was little, we would you know we would make up dances to this song, and I was like, why? What is the purpose of that? So that when you're in a car and you hear that song, you can try to strain yourself against a seatbelt to get these dances done?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's you know, I do I do um I do understand that part of women. And I guess that's that's the part of the Uh, I guess we all have, you know, our inner woman. (laughs) I'm all about the dancing whenever you find time, or a good song comes on the radio and you break it down and you almost hit some other people. (laughs) It's like a good night for me.
0: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where are you when these songs come on the radio that you just spontaneously
1: going to dancing? Oh, you know, driving to work, driving to the store, wherever. You know,
0: in the DMV when all of a sudden the a song comes on you like, you break it out in the line. Yeah.
1: You know it, dude. In the grocery aisle. Oh, man. Respect came on the other day, and we were going down the juice aisle, and Jennifer was like, stop dancing. <laughs> but it was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't imagine that. Now, I,
0: do, I will say this. We bought, um, when we bought our first round of furniture, our very own about a year ago, we bought this table that's made of, like, solid oak or something. It's kind of, like, knee level. And so if I stand on it, my head almost hits the fan. It's, like, right there. It's about an inch, so I can't jump. But I tell you what, I get on there with uh, Felicity and Deidre, and we do dance it up a lot. So I, I can understand that. Dancing with kids, that's fun. I, I have a blast.
1: <laughs> Did you so, dance at your wedding? What? I said did you dance at your wedding? Oh, okay.
0: I thought you I thought you were saying did I do that with my with my kids at my wedding? I was like I didn't oh. have any kids at my wedding. <laughs> Shotgun wedding. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no, Miss Jacqueline and I had a child a good 9 months after we got married. So <laughs> <laughs> you you keep those thoughts to yourself.
1: <laughs> Not what I said at all. <laughs>
0: Uh, we did not dance Just because uh, It was on a boat The reception was on a boat And there was no room to dance But I know Jackie would have liked it
1: And what uh, What is the favorite dance What What is the favorite kind of music You and the girl like to dance to? Well
0: I, I danced with them to like You know The 90's rock Stuff I'm You know When I was a little kid I was like Dad how can you listen to that music Because he's stuck in his own You know He's stuck in his own time With his music He likes Bread and The Who And you know, uh, blood, sweat, and tears, and uh, his personal favorite, Gordon Lightfoot. I was like, how can you listen to this? But as I got older, I was like, yeah, I don't like the music now. Uh, so I'll just listen to the stuff I liked, you know, when I was in high school. So I, I can I can kind of see it now. I I expose my children to that kind of nonsense. And there's always Veggie Tales. Your kind of stuff we, we dance that's, 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 that's
1: some awesome beats right there see
0: we love we love us some larry the cucumber
1: oh yeah I, I'm a big uh tomato Bob the tomato fan <laughs> he seems more level-headed i'll give you that yeah he is he's kind of grounded
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have fun I when uh, I try to get Felicity to start singing uh you and me in our sports utility vehicle have you have you the suv song you heard that one uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, it's fantastic and the the um, music video to that they're all in like their sweater vests and everything and they're talking about if <laughs> if somebody got stuck in the snow or if they ever went camping they'd be prepared because they have an suv
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's great can you Sing it can i sing it no, did she sing it? Oh, okay. <laughs> Turn off <the> hearing aids.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, she did, but she sings uh, "You and Me" in our sports tutility teacle. So she <laughs> <laughs> she does what she can. She's she's hilarious. Oh, this week. Let's see. Um, Elizabeth started crawling. So, and I'm told. Really? Yeah, I'm told by Miss Jacqueline that six months and started to crawl. That's a she's ahead, I guess. So I told Jackie, I was like, obviously our daughter is a genius. Gifted. There you go. (laughs) I I can't stand how people compare their kids. They're all like, oh, he knows all his colors, or he knows all 50 states. And I'm like, they're all going to know that eventually. It doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) 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 That's a really good point.
0: (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, it's nothing that the parent did that – I mean, I I guess that they exercised – their mind a little bit, but you you just if you compare kids, that's that's a road you shouldn't travel down. You're like, oh, so and so's potty trained already. We're way behind. No, no, that's that's nonsense.
1: Yeah, they all go at their own level. But I do have to agree with Jackie though. Crawling at six months is pretty early.
0: Yeah, I don't know. When does it, when do they normally start to crawl?
1: I mean, this is my third <laughs> child, and I still don't know. I don't. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Now you're gonna wish that she wasn't crawling so quickly.
0: That is true. Already, we have to oh, cover man. up all the electrical sockets again. So, <laughs> <laughs> now see, man. when Lizzie and Deidre started crawling, we didn't have all these Barbie shoes and accessories and stuff that just choking hazard stuff, you know. But now we got all those things. And we have to tell the girls, you know, pick these things up because she's gonna put them in her mouth. She's gonna choke on them. So anyway, What did they do it? Yeah, they, yeah, no, they pick up their toys. They just, you know, they forget. Anyway, Musk. you there?
1: Yeah, sorry, I think I might have faded there for a second. <laughs> if I move my head to get a drink, it it cuts out.
0: Are you are you on a Bluetooth or are you
1: you have you hold this to your ear the whole time? I hold it to my ear. I'm on the great 3G network.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that AT and T?
1: Yeah. But
0: isn't that also the one where all those people follow you around in the commercials? No, that's Verizon. I'm sorry. Oh. That's a shame.
1: I need that. To...
0: But you should know that. All you got to do is look around and see if anybody's following you.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> no, if no one's there, you know you're not on that network.
1: Obviously, I'm on the 3G network, not on the good one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right.
1: Hey,
0: did you this week download the motion comic the spider man spider woman number one i did it i didn't do it oh dude it is so worth it i don't know if you have itunes but it is yeah it's amazing it's amazing and uh i know you were a little sketchy on the art right
1: yeah i'm not a big elite fan
0: ah i think he's so talented i i don't know i, <laughs> I we're obviously have different tastes in art so <laughs> yeah but um I, I think it was good. And the voice, whoever did Peter Parker's voice, well done. I mean, Peter Parker was in it. Whoever did uh, Spider-Man, I'm not going to spoil it for you,
1: but Spider-Man shows up for a scene, and, and they do him really well. Did you ever get any of, like, the CD-ROM comics back in the, the mid-'90s? No. The mid-'90s, I wasn't into comics in the mid-'90s. Yeah, you got in, in high school, didn't you? Yeah, in
0: 2001. Are you talking about the they sell the 40 years'
1: worth of Amazing Spider-Man on the... No, no, back in the day, like, right when X-Men and Spider-Man were on TV, they released a couple of um, motion comics or whatever, but it was really just kind of like they cut out the, the pieces of the comic book, moved them around, and put a voice to it. So I'm kind of wondering how different this, this Spider-Woman comic is going to be from that.
0: Jared, spend the ninety nine cents and find out. <laughs> it's like a dollar eight. You can do it. I'll send you a dollar eight over PayPal.
1: <laughs> I can afford it. I told you I was probably gonna do it tomorrow. I was probably gonna do it on Sunday.
0: Okay, alright, alright. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I have no idea what you're talking about, the ocean comics. I do know that Marvel dot com had um had some motion comics sorta. Of To start out with like it's not the digital comics they have now it was I think it was .com comics or something like that and they had the first it was right when Ultimate Spider-Man came out and they had the first six Ultimate Spider-Man and they had some Ultimate X-Men on there and I think uh, Hulk number 34 those were good those were good and that's what I expected the digital comics to be but I think that takes more work to do that than just digitize them did you look at those ever?
1: Yeah. Eh, not really. No. I'm. I, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> no, I mean I did the CD-ROM comics back in the, like '95, '96, '97, and I was just like, this is stupid. <laughs> I want paper.
0: <laughs> was it Marvel?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I th- I probably still got them upstairs somewhere. But you said Ocean Comics. What do you mean Ocean Comics? Andy. Turn up the hearing aid. Jared never said ocean comics.
0: what what, what did you say?
1: I don't know, but I didn't say ocean comics.
0: Okay. All right, all right. I'm right, turning the phone up. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. All no, right. Me <laughs> speaker. It's gonna be a long podcast. <laughs> I
1: hated it. No, I loved it. I loved it.
0: <laughs> hey, have you gotten Jen to listen to any of our
1: podcasts yet? No, she she really couldn't be less interested. <laughs> okay. She watches me like she watched me make the last one. She walked in, I was telling her, you know, she had to be quiet. I was on the phone and and she just shook her head and walked away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why? I think this is I think this is great. I think this is taking, you know, it. a creative venue
1: to something we like. I think it's great. I'm having a great time. She just isn't she just doesn't understand it. She's like, "You, I married a child. I <laughs> married a little kid. <laughs>
0: I don't want to drive a wedge between you and your wife. <laughs> Not
1: at all. She, uh, she, I had a Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana thing last night, so uh, I don't think she has much room to talk.
0: I think you're right, and I think you should bring that up, but only in a heated argument. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only place it's you bring it up. <laughs>
1: When it has nothing to do with what we're even arguing about. I
0: think yes. I think that's my that's my professional opinion as an IT, you know, person, apprentice. That's when you need to bring those things
1: up. But then it's also cool during the argument to say and Andy said it was all right for me to say this to you.
0: <laughs> and then she will never let you talk to me again. No more podcast. <laughs> that's it, Jared, <jury>. no more. <laughs> Taking your phone away. You can take my phone, but you can never take Facebook. That's right. (laughs) I can get on at work. I'll still talk to Andy. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Enough of this. Uh, You want to do some what's on sale now? We are talking about um, all things X-Men today, and that would be the Dark X-Men, Dark Avengers, and the X-Men in San Francisco, and that would be Utopia, right? You got it. Which... When you read these, it's kind of more like a dystopia, because nothing seems to be working correctly. Yeah. All right, we'll go through each part, and then you tell me if it was a keep, sell, or shred, okay? Okay. All right. uh, Dark Avengers X-Men, or X-Men Dark Avengers Utopia Part 1. Is that... You had that one, right?
1: Yes. I'll open it up here, and then I'll follow along. You take it away, the summary... All right, so we've got Dark Avengers Uncanny X-Men Utopia with awesome, awesome art by Mark Silvestri and written by Matt Fraction. Uh, starts off with Kratk marching through San Francisco. Uh, he wants to make some kind of a law where uh, mutants aren't allowed to procreate and there's testing and all that stuff. Uh, it's kind of interesting, too, um, just to kind of correlate with American politics right now. You know, it's happening in San Francisco. Um, they're calling it Proposition X. We've kind of got a, got a similar situation going on in San Francisco right now with Proposition 8. I thought it was a little little cheesy to bring in North Star of all the characters as he's the um, uh, only homosexual on the team. That was just my thought. I, it was just weird. Of all the people to bring in, they bring in him. It sounds yeah. a little bit forced, but we've got that going on um... then we've got them you know they are they're doing their walk, you know walking through the town and of course the x-men are there and some other mutants and there's a fight and uh... hellion takes it just a little bit too far and actually uh... puts Trask in the hospital um... then we're gonna cut over to the x-men watching everything going on tv and uh... the mayor of san francisco who was uh, who has been an ally of the x Calls Cyclops and Emma into her office to kind of yell at her, <laughs> all that good stuff. Then we've got a few cuts to other people in the Marvel Universe and how they're reacting. Uh, we've got Storm, so it shows that you know she does know what's going on. She hasn't just uh, disappeared once again. Uh, Avengers let Wolverine go to bingo deal with stuff. We got Franklin Richards wondering what why people hate mutants, and then uh, we've got part of the cabal with Loki and Doctor Doom. And that things are starting to get interesting, which is one of the coolest things that's going on in the Marvel Universe, uh, in my book, at least. Um, we cut to the night, and now we've got some riots going on because, you know, when the sun goes down, the people get crazy. So everybody's attacking. We get the X-Men out there. We've got some uh, other weird guys like Toad and stuff. Uh, they head out there, and everybody's just got a nice, big old battle X-Men style. Not too bad. Um but then we're going to go ahead and cut over to uh, San Francisco Bay with the Hammer Division and Norman Osborn. Uh, he starts to give his directives to the new, not the, the Dark Avengers, not the New Avengers, and let them know that they need to go out, on no, no casualties. Just go ahead and round everything up and restore peace. Uh, that goes doesn't really happen as the uh, Dark Avengers go out and just basically trounce on people and. Kick butt and uh, fight with the X Men and pretty cool Venom versus Colossus battle. After that, let's see, we go to um, Emma meeting up with Norman Osborne and they're discussing. Uh, well, I'm sorry, before that, Ari shows up and uh, which was a really cool. He had a really sweet entrance, just dropping in there. Um, but back to Norman and Emma, they meet up and he presents to her some plans uh, for the next step in his whole ultimate scheme. Uh, Emma is taken aback, but I have she's not really that surprised. Which will lead into will lead into the next issue of what what exactly those plans were. Uh, but then there is a little cutaway to Beast being uh, trapped. I'm sorry, Beast was captured at the first riot during the day um, when Trask was marching on the town. So now we cut to Beast being captured, and he hears someone speaking in his head. He's not really sure who it is. Cut again to Iron Patriot dropping in for a news conference to say that, you know, he's here with the Avengers and they're going to take care of everything, and he has a new ally, and who shows up but Professor X. So Professor X and Iron Patriot are on the same side, and they're, uh, they denounce Cyclops. They're going to be working together. Meanwhile, cut back to Beast in jail, and it's Professor who's talking to Beast in jail. So one of the professors is not who he seems. End of episode review uh, I thought it was a pretty decent Episode Episode, Pretty decent comic book I love the art I really like Mark Silvestri I know that a lot of his characters Look the same But I like how that look is So I'm totally fine with all the girls looking alike And all the guys having the same musculature I, I just think it I really really enjoy his stuff I loved his stuff When he was drawing Uncanny in the late 80s and uh, I thought the writing was pretty decent. Good uh, good start with uh, so many different subplots in there. That's what I thought. I would definitely keep that one. So you thought it was a keep? Yeah. So
0: Yeah, I did too. I, just because it's the start of a series and, you know, to know what's going on. And it was good. I like self Historys art in moderation. Uh, he does really well with the shiny guys, like Colossus. And um, back when he was doing... He worked with uh, Grant Morrison on New X Men in the last his last arc, I think. Yeah, The Days of Tomorrow or something like that. And he did really well with Dark Beast, but overall, I'm glad that the whole series wasn't Silvestri's art. You know, I mean, uh, page four that gives us a nice action shot of when the fighting starts. Um, I was I was happy with kind of the motion of when they start. Uh, beating each other up, you could see sort of the, when Hellion gets hit in the face, you could see in the, the upper left background sort of the, you know, people flying or debris flying, it's kind of blurring out because it's moving so fast. I like that. Um, that's pretty good artwork. I mean, that's talent right there. But I gotta tell you, just this, this, the whole thing, like it does seem like um, the people who are nicely dressed or the traditional people are the, are the people that are, are against The mutants and I I don't know. I think it's supposed to. It is supposed to mimic today and the the politics that's going on out there. And that kind of makes me sad. I think they should be more subtle. And I think that Matt Fraction definitely is more liberal uh, in his views. And you know, X Men has always been about the oppressed people. But you know, again, like they're making it seem like. It's a species conflict, and it, it definitely relates. You know, it's almost exactly parallel to what's going on today. I don't know. but There's nothing more intimidating than a bunch of guys in shirts and ties marching. I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and one thing I did notice, I mean, it's like Pixie is constantly being beat up and uncanny. Like... like kill
1: her off. Almost every single issue, she's like totally mutilated. Didn't that tell you something. Quit the team. You are beat up every other issue. Your wings are ripped and shreds. You're really just a loser character. <laughs> Time to go.
0: But it's all all about overcoming obstacles. They don't they yeah. don't want us to but leave. They're... Hey, what's with Scott looking exactly like Tom Cruise?
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, we got yeah, Tom. He C- does look a lot like Cruise. We we got Tom Cruise going up against Tommy Lee Jones, and I you know I just <laughs> I think Tommy Lee Jones is gonna win. Uh, I like how I did like how they incorporated Storm and the Avengers and Fantastic Four, and I know it's just to make it seem like this envelops the entire Marvel universe. But I thought I thought it was all right; it was handled okay.
1: And uh, on a, yeah, I like a, it because it just shows that they—I mean, even though they're not going to be directly involved in the conflict, it just shows that it is an interconnected universe.
0: Right. I, so I don't mind them devoting one or two pages to that. That was fine. Um, but Loki was a guy in there. I can't understand.
1: Yeah, he was a very uh, butch woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I can't, I don't, I don't understand what causes him to change back and forth, or, or if he is changing, or what.
1: I just think Silvestri didn't get the memo. <laughs> Loki is the chick.
0: We need Loki to stand in the background name. in her, his sultry form. <laughs> Speaking of sultry, <laughs> did you notice how uh, Invisible Woman was drawn?
1: Yeah, what happened to her butt?
0: I don't know! I saw that! I was like, holy cow! I was like, man, oh man, her waist is like a size 13 and her bottom's like, holy cow. It looks like there's two people. It almost looks like she's Mr. Fantastic with her stomach that long.
1: Maybe this is a subplot that we're going to you know, follow up on in a couple months.
0: I, I hope not, Jared. So help me. <laughs> well, look at all that energy
1: shooting out of her butt. What is, What is the deal?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go there. I think, that, I think that is just something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. Yeah, that is wrong. <laughs> I, I will say this. Sylvester draws an awesome Venom. Yeah. I don't
1: think
0: That's I've ever crazy. seen his Venom before, but it was quite fantastic. And that part where he's yeah. like... Uh, He's just about to pounce on Colossus with all the symbiote tendrils.
1: I'm all about it, man. I loved it too. That battle could have been its own issue.
0: Yeah, I think so. I wish they, I wish they had done more. But I, I'm with you. Ares had a nice entry, though. He really did. When he came down and then he like smacked the ground and everything shattered. I thought that was good. I thought I think this is almost the best depiction of Ares that I've seen. I, I would
1: agree with you, man. I really would. It makes him dangerous here.
0: Exactly, He makes it somebody you do not want to mess with at all. Puts him on par with Thor. It really does. Which I know he's supposed to to be, like, equal to Hercules. But like I said, I cannot take Hercules seriously at all. (laughs) So so I I can take Thor a little bit more. And I think this really makes him scary. My only other thing with this issue was, like, Emma looks like she's on Prozac, Prozac for the entire issue. She's like so bored, <laughs> like the, the only time she's not bored and not half falling asleep is when she finally gets in her black costume, then she's like, okay, I'm awake, we'll do something. <laughs> but, I mean, is that, <laughs> that's, that's really just boring. how she's being drawn, right? I mean, I yeah, know well, she's I mean, supposed to be kind of like high society and a snob, but really, give her some, some other facial expressions other than I'm about to fall right. over.
1: And page 29, just her eyes are way too far apart, so it also makes that weird, weird look. Got two dots for her nose. Her eyes are super far apart. She just looks like she came out of, like, a Botox factory or something.
0: See, that's the one I'm talking about. It looks like she's so, like, she's Captain Valium.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. (laughs) But I'm loving Norman Osborn, too. I always liked the Green Goblin, but I think I like Norman Osborn so much better than Green Goblin. It is
0: awesome. He's uh, he's uh, he's got plans. I like that. Like they they're teasing that you know coming up he's gonna lose it soon, and I can see that. But he does have like a grandiose overall plan that's going on, and I I I really think that all the writers are doing well with him. It's sweet. (laughs) All right, let's move on to uh, what's next. Uncanny. Yeah, Uncanny Five Thirteen.
1: That was me. Okay, Um, well first, uh, there are two covers, Uh, the first one is a Dodson cover, kinda orangish and meh, Uh, but the variant cover with Psylocke and Aries on it, by uh, Simone Bianchi, I think that's how you say his name, fantastic, I usually do not like his work, but I love this cover. Are you
0: serious? No!
1: You don't,
0: you don't like it? I do not like it at all. At all? Why? All right. Why? All right. Well, first one. The first one's so good. All right. I, I love Dotson's stuff. Okay, because the way he draws peop- people's faces. Okay, women's faces. I don't know. That does it for me. He he makes them look like their expressions are real. Okay, but Bianchi, like, it's so so stylized on the color, and I mean, if you look at Aries' arms, okay. Yeah, those are good. Those look lifelike, but everything else, the shading and the color is like just too perfect,
1: and it makes it seem way too fake. But it's so menacing. It's like, are you more afraid of Psylocke or Ares? Because they're both scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I Whereas guess The so. first cover, it's like, oh, it's some generic X-Men I don't know, and they're all colored orange. Boring. That's where I was coming from.
0: These are the dark X Men. What are you talking about?
1: I know, not the orange X Men. Not they're supposed to be dark, not orange. <laughs>
0: this
1: is, the variant cover is dark. Okay, all right, so we're just all right. We have I, to agree to disagree. All right, I so can. We can both I, agree I, that we don't like Simon Bianchi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, I can see what you're talking about. But at the same time, how much did Psylocke have in this issue?
1: Yeah, that was a bummer. That was kind of like that Thunderbolt issue with Ghost was on the cover and then didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. All
1: right, go, go for it, no, sir. Dude, the, it's a conversation. You jump in whenever you want to.
0: Okay, All right. I'll do that.
1: All right. Um, well, I had uh, read this issue a couple weeks ago, so I picked it back up and reread it again for this. It just basically starts out with uh, you know Iron Patriot, you know, giving his whole spiel about everything. Um, they cut back to San Francisco where Colossus is battling venom and all that stuff. Uh, but the main part is Cyclops is running from the authorities. Uh, Magneto, Professor, and Norman, you know, have denounced Cyclops and want to just bring him in for questioning. But you know, you don't usually shoot electricity guns at people that you just want to bring in for questioning. <laughs> uh, Cyclops manages to get away though, so that's good. Again, uh, they show more pictures of the dark. Avengers supposedly, you know, supposed to be doing good, but really, you know, just terrorizing people throughout. Kind of disappointed by the Venom-Colossus battle, because it's nothing like the way that Silvestri drew it. Uh, Venom looks like this dog. I don't know what's wrong with him. and It's just not Silvestri, but that's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, where Silvestri does well on the shiny objects and stuff, Dotson sort of you know, does not do as well.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. <laughs> so not, and then I guess with the battle, you know, Colossus is battling Venom. Not sure if Colossus won or if he jumps with Iceman to get away. I don't really tell what the outcome of that was, but Iceman swings in, picks up Colossus, and, and off they go. Um, a really cool subplot about this issue is back to Beast being captured um, in there for the Hammer facility um, over on Alcatraz, uh, and they cut back to this other Professor X talking to Beast. Beast uh, trusts him about as far as he can throw throw him, um, but Professor tells him that they're coming for you, Henry. They're coming to put you in the Omega machine, and it cuts to Beast being taken to the Omega machine, and who's running the Omega machine but the Dark Beast, from the Age of Apocalypse storyline and who also replaced Beast um, about 10, 15 years ago in the Uncanny title. So that was really... I love Dark Beast, so I was really excited to see him. I
0: thought you you would like him, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Any of those 90s villains, give them to me. I'll take them. (laughs) Then we cut back to the Dark X... Well, not the Dark X-Men yet, but, you know, Iron Patriot and Emma Frost and the other Professor X I'll just talking about the new Dark X-Men that are going to be formed. And the next page is a double spread of all the Dark X-Men. We've got the Mimic, who appeared way back in the 60s. Um, we've got Cloak and Dagger. We've got Daken, who is Wolverine's son and also one of the Dark Avengers. Weapon Omega. Emma Frost herself. Dark Beast. And Professor X is revealed to be none other than Mystique. Right. So I think that, I just think that is an awesome team with the Dark Beast and Mystique and Mimic. Um, I'm really looking forward to some of the the interplay between Emma and Mystique because they both, um, I don't know that their past has really ever been explored, but they seem to hate each other. So that's really going to be interesting.
0: Now, how how long do you think this. I, I I haven't looked at the solicits past October, but I mean, how long do you think um, Dark X Men is going to be around?
1: I really don't know. I think there's gonna, there's going to have to eventually be some time where Cyclops and Emma see each other and say, "What are you doing to each other?" and that could cause a crumble. I mean, we don't know how long Norman is not going to, you know, how long he's going to be able to hold on to his sanity until he he breaks. Or I, I really don't know. What were you thinking?
0: I don't know. I I, I kind of felt like after this, we would still have Dark Avengers, but there wouldn't be a Dark X-Men title. I think that the Exodus, like uh, Utopia Exodus, is going to be them pulling out and saying, you know what? We're not going to be able to rule this. But I don't know. That's yet to be seen. We still have like one or two pieces of the story left. I don't know. I can't see it lasting that long because Dark Reign is tying up. I mean, they're going to... They're going to have the climax of Dark Reign with the list coming out, and then it's going to lead to the next thing.
1: I, I don't see it lasting too much longer. And that's the problem. I'd like it to last a little while, at least to just see it fleshed out a little bit more than just a one or two off mission, you know.
0: Yeah, especially because we get the beginning, that that limited series. I mean, those are, those are fleshing it out, but those are all origin stories. They're not missions.
1: Yeah, it's all like how he gathered them. Exactly. All right, go on. Sorry. No, you're fine. Back to the. The only problem I had with the gathering of the team was that Mystique is is you know being controlled by little nanotechnology that if she gets out of line, it'll blow up. And this has just been done with Mystique on you know at least two other times. Kind of played out. I just want Mystique to do her own her own thing. Um, the last final piece is Emma brings in Namor to on her X-Men, which was, uh, I, I like her quote, my team, my way, mutant problems, mutant solutions. So that was really cool that, you know, Marvel does remember that Namor is a mutant. They're bringing right. him to the forefront. I think we'll have some interesting dynamics, especially with, you know, the Emma Namor past that's gone on. Then we get Emma talking for quite a while just about, you know, what they're going to do. Interesting, they, they cut to the hospital, and Trask wakes up. He's got these robotic eyes, and he grabs his nurse and touches him, and you see all this computer stuff go on him, and everyone in the hallway turns into some sort of robot person or whatever that's following him. And he says, "Children, hear me now, rise." So, I'm not really sure where that's going to be taken. I mean, he was involved with Sentinels, so maybe it has something along those lines.
0: All right. Well, let me okay. let me ask you this. All right, this is Simon Trask, right? Yes. Okay. And he's different than Bolivar Trask. Yes. Okay. What's the relationship there?
1: Uh, I believe it's father son. Okay. So Bolivar Trask is the
0: one who created the Sentinels, and he's the guy we saw in X417 standing and and in, in, in front of the UN, right? I believe so. Okay. Because right, I was my not my
1: X forces.
0: I was not clear on that, and now this is his
1: son. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll check on that. All right, I was just making sure. No, you're fine. Yeah, and uh, so then, of course, the X-Men kind of, they, they're watching the whole um, news conference with Iron Patriot and Emma Frost talking about what they're going to be doing and what their expectations are with curfew and all that stuff. And and uh, they decided, you know, maybe we should be a little more proactive. You know, we just can't sit around and do nothing. But at the bar they're called the Sunset is where the real proactive team is. With Hell, characters like Hellion and uh, Avalanche, Sunspot, uh, and Adam X—you know, some of my favorite '90s people—they're um, all together. Uh, they're just talking about, you know, this is crap. We need to be more proactive than what we have been, and really just kind of take the fight to them. Um, it's interesting too, because Hellion is dressed in the same outfit that Quentin Queer, what Quentin Quire, <laughs> was dressed in. <laughs> Uh, when he had the riot at the X Mansion back in Grant Morrison.
0: Oh, you are right. Grant I didn't Morrison. even think about that.
1: Yeah, so I think that's. I think it's kind of they're kind of modeling after that. Also, too, like you know, sunspots there. Sunspot for the past five years. His character has known. He just his personality just kind of goes with that every story. He's been on the New Mutants. He's been in charge of the Hellfire Club. Now he's here. I just. I think they just kind of throw in wherever they're looking for. I
0: thought character. about that too, because now he he's in the new mutants currently, and it kind of seems weird that they would put him doing this on the this proactive uh, team, yeah. this group that you were saying they they go and attack. And that I don't know, that doesn't seem like I don't know his personality that well or his character, but it's it seems weird that they would use him when Cannonball and
1: him are off right now with the other new mutants. Yeah. They just kind of throw a sunspot around or whatever. Yeah, but uh, it was nice to see Adam X though, who is a character that hasn't appeared for, gosh, probably almost 15 years. He was originally supposed to be the third Summer's brother under uh, Fabian Nicieza's run, but then when he left, Adam X disappeared. So that was kind of cool to see him there. Let's see, so they decided they're gonna be more proactive cut to the, of course, it's evening again and they're being more proactive by just attacking uh, the city and just blowing stuff up and telling uh, Iron Patriot and Emma to to come down here and arrest them if they really want them. Emma Frost rolls up her sleeve and her new black outfit and says, let's go. I thought it was a really sweet image when they all jump into Cloak. That was kind of cool. That is cool. And, And then, uh, they kind of close out the issue with them showing up. Emma punches Hellion uh, across the face, who was her former star pupil, and Cyclops closes it out saying, okay, Emma, okay, I think it's time I had a talk with Norman Osborn. It was overall, it was a decent issue. Not a ton happened. I think, the, I mean, the biggest, well, I guess maybe a lot did happen. Uh, I mean, we've got the new X, the, the Dark X-Men team formed got the return of some characters like dark beast and mimic we see that mystique is being controlled We've got this little group led by hellion i guess quite a bit did happen for me though i would say it was probably a sell i just was not i know i'm going to get some arguments here but i was not a huge fan of the art <laughs> <laughs> terry and rachel Hudson. it's just kind of a little bit too cartoony for me some of the lines are a bit too thick and not as detailed as I particularly like, but I am definitely looking forward to the Dark X Men thing. See, talk to me, Andy. I, can,
0: <laughs> I story-wise, I'm with you. Uh, this was a cell. It, it didn't have that much going on, and, and like you said, it it maybe it did, but it was so subtle. Nothing felt big. Nothing felt like it was going. I mean, it is the the first time we introduced the the Dark X Men. And it's the first time they're going out and they're fighting, and there might be it might be really big that Emma is, is taking on Hellion, but I don't care about Hellion. I, he's he's like he's just a pawn in the story, and so are those other people that they just decided to throw in. And I know I know Fraction needed characters, and you know who can who are the hot heads of the team, and who would go out there and uh, make a mess and force Emma's hand. So they they serve their purpose. But again, it, it's kind of like all right. Well, no one really cares about these characters. You could have you could have had Rogue doing that, and it would have been important. The the art. I'm a fan of Datsun's. Uh I do like the thicker lines. It looks cleaner to me. Like I said, with Colossus and stuff with the 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 shinier characters. I don't think he does as well. But I do like uh, the thickness and and how he draws the the faces. To me. it's it's more of a, you say it looks cartoony, but I think that he makes the, the expressions of the people portray more realistic, even though, I mean, you get, the, you get their emotions more so than what you're looking at.
1: You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. So, but so still, wait, it was a sell for me. Anything else on that one? Yeah, I think we can kind of be done with that one. I'd buy it and trade. Yeah. Yeah. Issue by the trade.
0: All right, Dark Avenger 7, Utopia Part 3. We begin at Alcatraz Island, which is the West Coast headquarters for Hammer. Um, Xavier is talking to Beast in separate cells. Dark Beast and Osborne have put Henry through treatments in the Omega Machine, which is designed to depower mutants. Um, he's sick, his fingernails, his claws are coming out, and his hair is falling off. Osborne then leaves to talk to Robert Reynolds, who is the sentry and who is mentally conflicted about the fighting. Osborne tells him to trust Emma and her team. We then cut to Union Square, where the dark Avengers men are facing off against some rioting mutants led by Hellion. Um, things are getting pretty intense when Dawkins tries to kill Avalanche. Suddenly, Emma turns into her diamond form and breaks off the tip of um, Dawkins claws. Now, at this point, are Dokken's claws Adamantium, Or are they still um, bone? Because they look adamantium here. And I'm trying to place, you know, my, the timing of all these stories.
1: Yeah, I don't really know anything about Dokken. Really don't.
0: Okay, well, I do know they were trying to put him through uh, the same process Wolverine went through. So I guess by this point he's he's done that. Yeah, she she enforces her non-lethal stance. Soon it's Emma's team left And only Hellion And I thought this was a cool picture With her team standing there I thought that was very good Like she was You know in the forefront She was in her, her Even though she's the white queen She's in her black costume Obviously dark And I thought Mimic looked good too He looked pretty menacing All of them did um, Weapon Omega did too And it looks like But in the only complaint I have with this picture really is Namor looks like a small fry compared to, to the rest of these guys he's really
1: a bad dude I just feel bad for Dagger I just all that double sided tape for her to keep that outfit on
0: <laughs> I was I did notice that Yes, yeah. she I, I don't understand what's the what's the deal with her costume I mean is it is it supposed to be a cross she's short on fabric that day world? Well, <laughs> I mean, to me, that's just like stab here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I'm vulnerable. All right.
1: <laughs> anyway. So it's for Jesus. It's ridiculous. You know, maybe she got saved. I don't know. <laughs> maybe
0: I. Uh, we'll see uh, later on when we yeah. <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> we'll talk about that. All right. Um. With them left, we cut back to Alcatraz. Cyclops flies up with a jetpack and Lance, he demands to see Osborne and uh, Hand says that she's not going to show him in Osborne will come out to him Osborne comes out wearing his Iron Patriot suit and he tries to outwardly uh, be civil by shaking Scott's hand but Scott refuses Osborne starts to try to relate and negotiate in a very condescending way when suddenly Scott interrupts and he says, surrender Osborne is sort of taken aback I think genuinely, uh, Scott goes on to say that he wants Osborne's people out of there and just to leave uh, the West Coast altogether. Osborne becomes livid and even more condescending, and then Scott flies away, saying that he tried to be nice or he tried to negotiate. Um, Osborne tells Miss Hand that when the time comes, he will be the one to bury Scott Summers. In another part of the compound, the Dark Avengers are griping that they are not out taking care of this mess. Bullseye or Hawkeye especially has a problem with Doc and being on both teams, and the Dark X-Men return with their prisoners, including Hellion. Surprise, surprise! He was over. He was subdued, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma rails on Osborn for not protecting the rights of these mutants and these citizens, and demands to know the entire plan of which uh, of what is going to be done with these prisoners, aside from the dampening helmets that they're already wearing, and these things, man. They looked pretty bad to be shoved up in those helmet things and look like flies and so that they would take away their powers. I, when she made the connection that her, their rights were not being you know, protected and they had these things over their heads, like for a second I was like, man, if I was them, that would be terrible because they're on their knees there, and who knows, like execution style, you
1: know? Mm-hmm. Um, scary parallels. Yeah. Then you also, again, like we were talking in the last issue, Sunspot's captured now, so where does that fit in with the new mutants?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're always going to have stuff like that, especially with, like, Astonishing X-Men, what's going on right now, but I I don't know. I don't know why, for some reason, they could have used another character who's not being used in any other book. So Osborn and Dark Beast start by showing Emma and uh, the mutants that are going through the Omega Machine treatments. She passes by Xavier's cell, and Xavier thinks to Emma to ask to see Dr. McCoy and know how he's been treated. They say he isn't even there, and she looks. Uh, she said, Oh, I just assumed because he was caught earlier. She then looks in on Xavier's cell, which is emitting a hologram of equipment and supplies so she doesn't see him. Xavier says to her, You are literally looking straight in the face. Uh, we cut to St. Francis Hospital. Where Simon Trask of the Humanity Now Coalition is standing on the roof. He's controlling the residents and the doctors to rise and destroy, destroy it all, he says. And then we have to be continued. We had a nice panel with uh, you know, Emma's team. They were looking good. And I said like, like I said, Mimic without the beer. One thing, I hate Fraction's intros to his characters. Like Cyclops, leader of the X Men, owner of a jetpack. I don't think that's clever at all. It's too silly,
1: you know. Or Ms. Marvel, team leader, hooks up with everything that moves. Like, dude.
0: Yeah, I, he's got. First of all, he's got sex on the brain. Like almost every. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> almost every one of his comics is uh, somebody's with somebody else. Um, the cover was good. I like the. Uh, I like the first cover. Again, the second one, not a fan. That's Bianchi, right? The second one? Yep. Miss Marvel looks like she's wearing a Batman mask, and Emma looks more awake than she's ever been in her life. (laughs) 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 The first one, the cover, I had a problem with the cover on the first one because this looks like Garney. Do we know for sure who it is? Uh Oh. I don't know who it is. Obviously, that's that's Norman Osborn, but I had a hard time figuring out who that person was. The the, uh, the other person it's
1: Mike, it's Mike Diadato.
0: Oh, is it really? Okay, I can uh, see that. I
1: don't know how to pronounce his name, but it's him.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? We haven't seen um, we haven't seen Marvel Boy at all in this series, have we?
1: Yeah. No, Novar hasn't been around. But he's on the cover.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's on the cover, and the last I heard, he was upset because he realized that um. Yeah, I think in Dark X-Men or no, Dark Avengers 5 or 6 or something, he was upset because he realized that these Avengers really are criminals and he was like, oh, I didn't I didn't even know that. I didn't know you guys were criminals and assassins. So he kind of took off. Um, but again, with this cover, I don't know if that's Emma or if that's Ms. Marvel or if that's even the Sentry. I have no idea. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess that <laughs> that's kind of a negative there. Yeah. Um, I thought this was I had this as a keep, the only reason I had this as a keep was because I thought the exchange between Cyclops and Osborne was amazing. That totally captured Norman Osborne's attitude throughout this whole thing. He's like so condescending, so manipulative, and then he's taken aback when somebody stands up to him and then he gets all mad and he's like, I'm going to kill that guy. So that just shows his whole life, like how he's been as the Green Goblin, as the Iron Patriot, as you know the, the millionaire, the industrialist, that encapsulates everything that we've seen in him. Yeah, and finally, yeah. finally we see Scott standing up and being like, no, this is my team, you're not going to do this. He's finally standing up for what he, what he should be doing instead of, you know, he's made some stupid decisions recently. <laughs> like selling or You know showing or, or sending killer teams out there The X-Force and everything He's being totally brutal But uh, now it seems right Now he seems like a real leader And he's like No, this is a decision I'm not agonizing over this This is what I'm deciding And you are going to leave So I, I really enjoyed that
1: Yeah, that was cool It was all the other It was good
0: Was this a keep
1: or a sell Or a, or a shred for you? It would probably be a keep. I thought the the battle with the the Hellions team and the Dark X-Men, I thought that was pretty sweet. I like the interaction with Emma and Norman, kind of being like, you know, this is not right. What's going on here? Um, And then the whole Beast thing, that's really interesting to me, is uh, what's going on with Beast and Professor X. You know, is Beast going to mutate further now, or is he going to get his face back? You know, what's going on?
0: Yeah, I think you know, they might be setting it back up for him not to you know, to go back to being human. That could be too. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Most obvious thing. Well, I mean, that would be fantastic if he lost his fur, if he lost his claws. I don't I don't really know if I'd like him human but I know I don't like him as cat beast, you know?
1: Yeah, cat beast sucks.
0: <laughs> I did appreciate in the last issue. The uh, distinction between Dark Beast and Regular Beast. You could really see and pencil a real face for Dark Beast and then a cat face for regular Henry McCoy.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I thought that was no fun. Yeah, well. I love the Dark Beast stuff too. That's his outfit kind of stinks. Got like this white and red spandex thing.
0: Dude, and it'll change don't, every, don't every single,
1: single issue. That.
0: It'll change every single issue. I think we've seen him in three different outfits or uniforms the
1: whole <laughs> time, you know? Yeah, I prefer him with the metal pants he used to wear. That was cool. Alright, any more on this one? Yeah, I'm good, man.
0: Do did we, did we know who's in the cell that Emma looks in first? Because it kind of looks like Legion's hair, you know?
1: But he's like wearing he's an, an eye patch. Is, he's a Morlock. His name is Erd. You there? Yeah, sorry. It's all good. Okay.
0: All right, yeah, uh, do you have time to do awards? Yep. All right. Sure. Sounds good. Awesome. I had three awards this this go-round, this episode. First, I had uh, What You See Is What You Get.
1: What you get is what you to...
0: This is the best art. In the comics we read. And I think the best panel, my favorite, was, and this is excluding covers, was um, when Venom is about to pounce on Colossus in Dark Avengers X-Men Utopia. Right there, where he's got the tendrils and everything, like I said, so Vestry works it so that he's looking down at Colossus. He's got that side view. He's got the awesome, like, very muscular um, Venom symbol on his chest.
1: I think that's the best one. That's a good one, man. I really like that, too. Did you have one? I do. Mine is from, uh... I guess I didn't necessarily pick out a panel. Again, with the not listening ears. No,
0: no, I no. This is one. this
1: is open to interpretation. Okay, I just picked out the whole issue of Dark X-Men. Um, what do we call it? Dark X-Men... Dark Avengers X-Men Utopia. Because I just love Silvestri's stuff. I had not seen him since uh, Messiah Complex. So I was just act, you know, excited to open it up and see all Silvestri. So that's where my What You See Is What You Get award would go to.
0: All right, my second award was Viva La Money award. Viva La Money. <laughs> anyway, something Marvel did just to make money, and that would be pulling in X-Men Legacy as part of Utopia. We did not need X-Men Legacy at all in Utopia.
1: that's an excellent choice, Andy.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Um, I agree with that, totally. I'm just going to diverge and pick mine as... The Dark X-Men, The Beginning. So I did pick that as a save title, as a keep title. Still, it wasn't needed. We don't need that limited series to find out all that stuff.
0: That's a good point. Like, you didn't need it. They did it just for money. It wasn't a necessary backup story. Usually we get those things left out anyway. It doesn't even, you know, we don't
1: see those much anyway. And the Yeah, let alone to pay three ninety nine for it. Uh,
0: yeah, you hate to do
1: that. Not needed.
0: No. Alright, my last and final award is the typical male award. And this is awarded to Osborne for touching Namor's shoulder in the shower. And <laughs> it's, not, it's not a typical male thing to do. He needs to he needs to study up. You don't touch other guys. You don't touch other guys when they're in the shower. When they're in the back, you don't touch other guys. Give them a hug, maybe. That's it. But no, no shirt with nothing. That's it. <laughs> so that goes to Osborne. Well done. <laughs> yeah,
1: I agree. that would be an atypical male.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway. Mine would have to be, I cannot, all my issues are kind of running together.
0: <laughs> yeah, all,
1: you know, it's all the same thing. But the one where Cyclops is on the, wearing that that awful jetpack, and he flies in. Yes. Dark okay. Avenger Seven. Okay, Dark Avenger Seven. Let me just go to it then. He flies in first. Why in the world is he wearing that stupid-looking jetpack? Um. Then he flies in, and when he lands, he puts his his hands on his hips with a big old smile and says, take me to your leader. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing. It's just a stupid-looking panel flying in on a rocket pack and then landing like that. I just couldn't give him. I couldn't. He, he loses some man, some man points for that.
0: Okay, I didn't even think of that, but that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, well, I think that about wraps up. You gotta go, right? You gotta be ready to go pick up Miss Jen?
1: You got it.
0: All right, well, uh, if uh, any of our listeners, if we have any out there, want to get in contact with us, email us at 616politics at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at uh, Nick Hatter, which is N-I-K-H-A-T-T-E-R. We're on Facebook, Jared Mayo, Andy Kirby. And also we have our website. We'll update our website. It's uh, 616politics.wordpress.com. You got anything else, buddy?
1: No, I just tell Jackie and the girls we say hello.
0: I'll do that. They're probably, uh, Jackie's probably like, where in the world is he? He said they'd be home by after nap time.
1: She's well, little does she know that uh, she has to come pick uh, pick you up and uh, get you uh, back in the van.
0: That is true. i got to go get my keys out of the car somehow, so wish me luck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good luck to you, man. Uh,
0: all right, you guys have fun wherever you're going. All right, well, we'll talk to you on Monday. All right, take it easy, man. All right, bye-bye. Bye
1: i